Street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Hi everybody, this is Chucky, the SE Colin Show. We've got Will and Nathan here. What up, going, guys? Hey, hey. It's 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 been a long goddamn day, is what it has been. <laughs> this this yeah, is like nine o'clock my time. A <laughs> little bit of technical difficulty, but I think we've got things worked out. Um, we're trying to do this at four o'clock. That'll that's our usual time, so no changes there. Um, four o'clock. So for this whom? is uh, what's that? Four o'clock for whom? Four, <laughs> what, four o'clock Eastern code? time. Yeah. <laughs> what I what I should say is we try to start it on the hour, but uh, a little late today. Um, so yeah, this is the SE Colin show. What we try to do is, uh, we're here for your questions or comments. If you want to call in and talk about SE, if you want to go through, explore a claim, maybe you want to try, um, leading an SE conversation with one of our claims, something like that. We're up for anything like that. Um, but claims. generally we're just going to, uh, talk about SE and, uh, listen to what you have to say. So. Um, Nathan, before we started, you were telling us about this thing you're doing across the country or in some other part of the country. What, what, what was it about? Yeah, well, I, I met up in person with uh, Reed Nicewonder and uh, Mark Solomon, and that was just awesome. And I, I hit it off with both of them. It was great. Uh, Is this the first time you've met either of them? In person, yeah. Like no. we've, I think we've been talking... Well, I've been talking with Mark for maybe over a year and with Reed for like, I don't even know. I think I started doing streams when the pandemic started and I was in lockdown. <laughs> I was like, I need a, I need a new hobby since I can't right. go Back out in public. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> a foregone era. Um, so yeah, I met up with them and uh, we had a great talk and um, I also, I'm working on this project uh, for Reed investigating some stuff Peter Bogosian is putting together. And I don't want to talk too much about it just yet because um, who knows what's going to come of it. <laughs> so I'll wait until things kind of like pan out. Um, but uh, we had all this really nice camera equipment set up and I was on a college campus in Purdue, uh, pr uh, the college campus, Purdue. And um, we were all packing up or getting ready to pack up for the end of the day after a day of shooting. Um, and Peter went back to his room and some Mormon missionaries came up uh, or actually they, they walked past and I flagged them down. I told them what SE was about and what I was doing and that I was interested in having a conversation with them. And they uh, said that they had like five minutes uh, to chat. So I was like, okay, five minutes. So I, it's a real condensed talk. It's very, very short, but it's going to look really Is nice. Is it actually five minutes like on the button? You know, I didn't keep track of time very much, but I went straight to like what the claim was, how they knew it was true and straight to disconfirmation, like good old fashioned Anthony Magnabosco style, like five minutes, like try to just condense yeah. it all. And then, um, I think you were saying that your most of what you've done is like an hour or two hours. It's the same yeah, I do long form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, normally. Yeah, 
It's really uh, hard to pick up the pace for me. Nor do I stand when I do it typically. Yeah, there's a picture. There's a quick preview. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to share it with you guys. And what's awesome is when it was over, uh, I, I cut it short just because I got a really clear um, I don't know from them. Oh, uh, one nice. of my questions. And I was just so satisfied with that. I was just like, great. You guys are honest. And like, this went really well. So I ended it. And when I did, Mark was so excited. He like ran up to like to greet them and be like hey guys how's it going and like i'm glad that you stopped by and like we really believe in this like dialectic it's a great way to bridge ideological uh divides and like and understand one another better and uh and then all of a sudden mark was doing se with them like it couldn't help himself and so like he and i were standing shoulder to shoulder while the mormon elders were standing shoulder to shoulder right and it just was like <laughs> so fun. Uh, he did kind of repeat uh, an outsider test that I had just asked them a, a second ago. So that was like yeah. kind of awkward, but they almost like got a second chance to think about it. Right. You know, um, so how so that there's two sort of interesting bits there. How was it when you were talking to two people? How was it when I was? Yeah. It's definitely harder to track the conversation um, uh -huh. because I'm not sure like what I'm trying to do when I practice street epistemology, like uh, in a layman's way to, to put it is I'm trying, I'm practicing theory of mind and I'm trying to put myself into their shoes and see the world through their eyes. And it's really hard. What that is, that theory of mind? Because like, sure. as, as a concept, people might not have heard of it. Uh, theory of mind is and let's see if I'll, I might butcher this, but essentially I'm just trying Sorry to, to put you on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to see how they're seeing things the way they're seeing it. Like That's if, right. if I could have their brain or if my awareness was in their, their brain and I had all the memories that they had, therefore, like I saw all the reasons that they used to, to come to a conclusion. And that is, it goes to everything, not just like intellectually, but also emotionally, right? Like, how do I feel about this thing? Um, that to me is theory of mind. Like I'm putting myself in their shoes and trying to see the world through their eyes. And I'm trying to repeat back and make it clear to them that I'm trying to do that. And, and then I'm trying to build a bridge between us. So that way we can come to a mutual understanding about any given thing. Um, and then I also make it clear that this dialectic can be used for all claims, not even just the claim that they want to bring up, but like anything. Um, and that this is also the way that I would appreciate being spoken to if I had a claim. And I'm trying to model that as best as I can. Um, so yeah, that would be my theory That's of mind cool, when I was talking to them about it. Yeah. I, I have I have I have two claims I'd like to make, and and I was going to make these claims before I saw the photo. My my first claim is that Mark Solomon is taller than he looks on camera, and my second <laughs> yeah. claim is that Reed is definitely shorter than he looks on camera. <laughs> I was surprised to find out that I'm about as tall, or or maybe a half an inch shorter, uh, taller than to both of them, because I always thought I was shorter than them. <laughs> Wait, you're you're half an inch taller than both of them, so so Reed is maybe? the same height as Mark I Solomon. I think I'm a, I'm definitely a little bit taller than Mark. I don't know about Reed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, can, I can sense Reed blushing right now. I want to go meet up with him and just now I need to do the thing and be like, hey, wait a minute. 
<laughs> it's really cool though i i think it's it like the the fact that this has gone from sort of you, you guys meeting on discord and and sort of getting into this and falling into the community and now meeting them and just like going out and doing stuff and I, you know i the meetup groups are, are, are that uh that are going on as well are really oh, encouraging that like that reminds me i need to promote the portland meetup but before we go into all that like should we plug uh how to call into the show or that yeah i think it's good to do a little callers? reset so uh we've definitely got mm. people coming in to chat now so we're doing a call-in show. We are looking for you to call in with your questions or claims. We're happy to um, engage in SE with you or to answer your questions about SE. Um, don't worry that it's going to be like three against one. We we make sure that you know two people disappear and you're just having a conversation. Um, it's one thing to talk to two uh, participants like you did in the photo, Nathan, but it's another thing to talk to two uh, yeah. practitioners at the same time. So it, it is an interesting problem talking to two people at once, especially one of the things that seems to happen is that when when you're out on the street, as it were, like it's it's somehow easier to approach two people. You know, it feels less predatory <laughs> in a way. I was speaking mm. to, for, to John from uh, from Quality Questions and, and uh, you know, we were reflecting on this difficulty where, you know, you. but if you go up to somebody with um, with somebody else, of course, they're going to be feeling like they should be included or they want to participate. And I, I really doubt that it's possible to to have an as effective conversation with two people engaged as it could be for one. However, if you adopt a mindset of if they're somehow how different yet they have the same conclusion but they're using different reasons mm. it becomes an opportunity because oh, what you because nice. what you can do is you can start asking one to ask the other questions now they're doing se with each other and you can even <laughs> just step back and like watch nice. it unfold <laughs> and well, i've done a... that before and it's I'll, it's great. It actually makes me feel even more. I get like more dopamine release. I'm like, oh yes, <laughs> they're, now they're doing it. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah, I, but, I guess that could that could be a good strategy if if they have that same view but different reasoning. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, anyone who's interested, there is a, a link at the top of YouTube. It should be pinned to the top of comments, and you can call in. You get put into a queue, so don't worry about interrupting conversation. We'll bring you on when it's natural. Um, but we really want you to call in. And you, you um, don't have to have your camera on either. So you yeah, if you want, just audio only. If if you really want, you can turn your audio and your video off, and we'll just use telepathy to talk to you. But um, <laughs> you have to be good at telepathy. Yeah. Um, so speaking of doing SE with two people, I did SE with about twelve people at once uh, a week ago, um, <laughs> which was which went about as well as you can expect. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I live in New York City, and there's this thing right around um, Passover where um, Orthodox Jews come out in what they call um, mitzvah tanks, which are these big buses, uh, vans. Oh, you literally meant tanks. <laughs> they call them tanks. I'm, that's not my word. That's their word. Uh, they call them tanks, and they come out, and they basically try to bring lapsed Jews back into the fold. And so they huh. stop people on the street and they say, are you Jewish? And then they try to start a conversation like that. It's huh. fascinating. That's I've never heard of that. Yeah. Wait, 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 wow. We've got, we've got, we've got there we go. So that is absolutely 
So I, I they'll, went they'll, for a they'll, run the They'll other never day. see them coming with the pen. <laughs> 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 these aren't stealth. These aren't stealth. Crikey. Not so stealth. I went. Yeah, it's amazing. I was I was out for a run, and this I, I swear it was like seven year old kid came up to me, and he was like, "Are you Jewish?" And I was like, "No, are you?" And you know, this kid is like decked out in orthodox gear um and he's like yeah and i'm like why are you jewish and i think so so that i don't exactly know what was going on but i think these kids are basically being trained and so there must have been 15 total kids once they realized that i was actually trying to have a conversation with one of them they all came over and like formed this yeah epic all right. Yeah, and they were like, "What this?" I had this one kid that was like six years old. He started repeating all the stuff about Adonai and 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 I don't know the words, but their word for Adam, and telling me about like all of the facts. And I was like, "Okay, so so why do you why is that true? How did you find out that that's true?" Um, and they they started by just repeating like. Facts, 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 facts. Because they're reciting what they've learned in in um, classes and things. And I said, well, I, you know, I was running and just up the street, I talked to a Muslim who was telling me things about, you know, Islam. How do I know which one of you is is right? And that, it, like, they stopped a second. And and one of them was like, how do you know when you touch your ear that you're really touching your ear? And I said, how nice. do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was very hard to talk to an individual because they keep sort of yeah, churning. Cycling through. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tagging in and out. <laughs> yeah. But they they probably ranged in ages from like six to thirteen. There, there were no like teenagers, like old teenagers. Um and we talked for probably a good fifteen minutes. And it yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. I've done a couple of like group discussions on Discord, uh, like in Chatterbox and a couple mm -hmm. other um, different discussion groups. And um, something that I learned, and I'm not like an expert in it by any means, but yeah. um, a great way is like when you hear a question, like, can I touch my ear? What was the question exactly? It was like, yeah, he, he, this little kid asked me, how do you know? when you touch your ear that you really touched your ear? Then I would just say, that's a really great question. Hmm. Does anyone here think that you can touch your ear? Or does anyone here think that you can't? And now right. you've got people uh, for looking at it different ways and then right. you can ask them to ask each other questions. And you could just step back. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Taste, 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 test. taste, listen to <laughs> smell test. Nice. Um, I think I, our man I, behind I, the curtain. I've been behind the curtains just gone mad. Um, <laughs> it, I, it was I, really, yeah, it was so surprising because the answers that I heard were not the answers I expected. Mm. Like having spoken to, I, I guess I've never really spoken to Orthodox Jews before. I've spoken to people who are like reform and stuff like that, but. Um, the two big reasons that I heard, one was that 600,000 Jewish people witnessed God and then each person told their son and then each son told their son and each son told their son. 
until I got to these kids on the street. And I thought that was a really interesting argument. I said, argument. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I asked him was, do you think your father is always right about everything? Mm. Yeah. And they were that like, well, no. See, huh? That one will strike a chord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, so, it's doubly interesting because I know that Judaism is, is also, also matrilinear. I don't know the, quite the word for that, but you're Jewish because your mother's Jewish, mother's not because Jewish, your father's yeah. Jewish. Yeah. And so I didn't want to get into that. I was just like, has everything your father told you has been true? Um, um I, I love, I, I think talking to children is, is, is always fascinating. Uh, I really enjoy talking to kids, mostly because I don't have them. So once I, I get tired of them, I can leave them with, yeah. well, I'll just leave them somewhere. Um, and in any case, <laughs> I, I think talking to kids is, 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 is a really great way of learning to be more toxically open we need to being more childlike right because kids are just they they've no filter and they don't really care about perception and they will just say what they think and and in some it's really often quite insightful sometimes which kind of yeah. has the worrying conclusion that we've sort of learned to be less insightful <laughs> as adults which is not ideal um yeah. but the um i was reflecting earlier about the fact that i saw reed do a, an se conversation in the park he's got it on his uh, clips uh, channel somewhere and um cordial it, curiosity it, clips if you're hungry cord, for cord, more for more content <laughs> like comment subscribe um the <laughs> the um the the conversation was with was with like i think it like he must have been about sort of 10 12 or something like that and oh then, right yeah he, he sat down in front of reed oh he seemed really enthusiastic he sort of ran up to them so he, he wanted he didn't know what it was but he wanted to be part of it and so um reed was checking in with the parents very well what he hoped was the parents um or, or abductors or whatever <laughs> um and was checking in with them regularly as, as he could and as as he should and was making sure that it was okay and um, the, the lad wanted to explore the position that the God of the Christian Bible was true, essentially. Eventually, I mean, once he figured out what Reed was doing, Reed asked him if there was a claim he wanted to explore, and that's the one he proposed. So again, Reed's oh, wow. checking in with the parents. It's like, do I really want to do this? Um, I, I was kind of vaguely hoping he would do Santa Claus, but but in any case, he didn't. They did this. Um, and it <laughs> that was might really... be more harmful, Will. <laughs> it may be. But uh, wait, there's no Hippocratic. Here we go. Here's the conversation. Um, I thought this just, was great. I'm loving this real time interactivity thing that's going on here. It was yeah. I thought it was really interesting. It was it was really interesting for a few reasons. One is full credit to Reed for doing it, because because at, at one point uh, there was a point you could see where Reed had just decided the conversation is going to happen. Right. I, I've checked in enough now. He's in for it. I'm going to be honest with him. And he actually, I think he even asked the question that you, you mentioned from there, Chucky, which is like, how do you know that your parents know true things? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, to ask a kid that question, I think that's that's remarkable. Um, the kid was really good. He talked about visiting, I think we thought it might have been the Ark Museum, but he said a sort of religious museum. He'd been to a museum and they'd seen lots of things, which is, you know, pretty good evidence. I've been to a museum and seen things is right. pretty good evidence, right? Yeah. Um, and he was talking, he, he was sort of exploring and thinking about it a bit. And it occurs to me that that actually learning to do SE with kids is probably a really useful thing to do. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think that not only that, is I, I think it might require some different tools and different approaches, but I think, I think that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. Um, and it would be great, I think, if, if schools and, and sort of kids in general could be, become more involved yeah. in SE um yeah, and, and so, yeah. I, when i was in 
God, high school, I took a class that was in like mediation. It was like how to have, how to resolve conflicts, interpersonal conflicts. And wouldn't SE be a great fit for something like that? You mm -hmm. know, like, yeah. like the opposite Absolutely. of the debate theme. <laughs> this is Reed. This is Reed, uh, and, and full credit to him because getting, this, yeah, this, this is a cross between the parents. just yeah. just mild panic and just uh, uh, yeah. uh, fuck it. I'm in. <laughs> it's just I, I really <laughs> appreciated so the fact that he 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 went and 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 just as I say at some point the the barrier came up and it was just like okay the kids here I'm here let's do this and and um, yeah it was it was really interesting it was a very short interaction but I think it's really worth watching. Um, but yeah, mediation between people that are disagreeing about something, you know, and, and, and how to interact, you know, I think absolutely. Yeah. And like learning to ask the ask the questions um, rather than, you know, just make demands. Um, yeah. Learning to um, learning to acknowledge what 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 is and isn't known. Right. Like learning to, to say, like, I don't actually have a good reason. I just feel that something is true or unfair or something like that. And and I think I think, yeah, it'd be great to encourage more more people to to reflect in that way and i think having you know it's not like religion doesn't start early so i think why shouldn't yeah. critical thinking and rationality i think we should continue talking about this but i just want to take a minute to say um we are taking calls if you want to call in there's a link at the top of chat um you can call in with with a comment a question uh, a claim that you'd like to explore we're happy to uh to do se live with you show you how it works yeah, or even um, if you're just calling to, I, I got an email actually and a couple of messages uh, recently uh, from people asking for advice also right. about yeah. how to have uh, conversations with people in their life. And I honestly love talking about that sort of thing. 100%. So if somebody yeah. wants to call in and just be like, hey, I have this person in my life and I'm trying to figure out how to ask questions about it. Um, that's a great reason to call in. And yeah. how can they call in? Uh, they can call in by clicking the link to the StreamYard that's in chat. It should be pinned to the top of comments. Okay, great. Can we click that? This, is, this is no good, right? We, we can't. That's that's rubbish. We need a little jingle. We need an 0851915. Yeah. Like that. I mean, we, we can't have the just click a link somewhere. I'm all for that. Well, it looks like we've got a caller. Hello there. Hello, hello. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me properly? We can yeah. hear you just fine. Should we call you Wobak? Yes. That's my hi. nickname on the Streets of Epistemology Discord. So, uh, hi guys. Hello. Thank you. Um, I have a small question about you. So I was, um, I'm French. I'm based in France. We had uh, Anthony come in uh, into an epistemology, a street epistemology uh, interview just yesterday. So that was great. Um, Wait, did Anthony, Anthony go to France? No, he oh, was physical. a Zoom call for us. A Zoom call, gotcha. Yeah, awesome. he was on a Zoom call. All right. And um, I'm part of the French Street Epistemology um, Association, so I, I try and practice street epistemology already. Um, one of the discussion points that is really interesting to me, I have friends which are in the skeptic world already and critical thinking. And one of the main arguments I hear about street epistemology that they don't like is that it feels very much like manipulation to them mm -hmm. right we get this all the and time. i'd like to yeah, we, yeah i'd like to hear your thoughts on how time, yeah. yeah i'd like to hear your thoughts on how do you address that from a person you know has already a skeptic mind and is already about critical thinking when they think this is manipulation 
uh, how do you approach them and how do you answer their 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 concern about this it's really difficult yeah um, i'm raising my hand oh yeah. go ahead nathan <laughs> well my favorite way to respond to that is to put the burden of understanding on myself and and just se it just be like what do you mean by that uh what is manipulation to you what would make it not manipulation and if you had a claim how would you want and somebody was doubting that claim how would you want them to investigate how you know it it's as simple as that okay yeah i i i think that um i think it's a real problem it, it it's a it's a meaningful problem because because the optic of of a conversation is going to look very similar to somebody wanting to persuade you. Or like one of the problems that I think you find in SE conversations, and I was talking about this earlier, actually, which is which is that if if two people are talking and one person's encouraging the other person to critically think um, about something, it's going to look like the person encouraging the critical thinking is in opposition to the view that's being explored, right? Mm -hmm. Because because that's the that's the critical component of it, right? If if we just fundamentally agreed as human beings, we would normally just say. Yeah, I'd nod, I'd agree, or even if I didn't agree with you, but I didn't want to talk to you about it, I'd, I'd nod. Right? If I'm having a conversation with you about it, unfortunately, in today's day and age, that's seen as me disagreeing with you, <laughs> and and that's seen as a hostile act and a negative act, right? So there's already that framing, and then you only need to add this sort of additional suspicion that why, what's your motivation for wanting me to think about this? Yeah, it's 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 of course then going to start to look like well, this person has an agenda and is is challenging my view and clearly thinks differently to me it doesn't take much more of a leap to then say well some of these questions are clearly unusual and therefore i'm not familiar with these types of questions um and therefore i can be suspicious of their motives so all of those components i think together totally make it justifiable in fact for somebody especially a skeptical critical thinker type person to be skeptical yeah. of this of this inquiry right um and so i i would suggest maybe one of the one of the methods that you could use to address this is basically to try to unpack why the tools are being used, right? I mean, I don't know that there's much, much more that you can do. And it's kind of along the lines of what Nathan's suggesting, right? You just let, let's say, okay, well, I want to ask you your confidence, but like the reason I want to ask you your confidence is because oftentimes we're right. maybe talking past each other about whether or not you're really certain about something, or maybe it's just a view that you currently hold, but you're not convinced 100% by. Like so, so the reason I'm asking this question is to to try to ascertain this answer. Um, similarly, you know, when you when you're asking a question um, to to get them to reflect on on their their rationale, their epistemology, you could say, look, you know, this is interesting to me, and I'm one. I really genuinely would like to know, like, whether you feel like this is this is the reason, this is the underlying reason for your for belief, and. I think partly it's rapport building, like making sure that people feel that your motives are honest. Um, but I think trying to explain the steps as you go along might help. Um, it, it, but but I think honestly, I think recognizing that the optic is valid is useful as well. Recognizing that they're not necessarily wrong to be suspicious because but, almost yeah. any other time somebody comes up to you in this context like this, clipboard in hand, smile on face, I want to talk to you about <laughs> your beliefs. The problem is that that's not really what they want to do. What they want to do is sell you something. Um, Mm. Our, our hidden well, control. So we've got a list of a list of uh, things on yeah. the screen now. And um, okay, if I may, I react to what you just said. Absolutely. Sure. Maybe we should bring that back in a in a second here, Reed. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so, so the problem here for me is mostly that I can he can definitely know that I'm not trying to manipulate. 
he's more concerned about the fact that people who would want to manipulate and use those tools would be very efficient because oh, yeah right that's for the sure motive, so yeah because that's also something i clarified during so it was a kind of a convention mm -hmm. around uh critical thinking and many people were interested in in epistemology and strict epistemology and and uh, and were asking questions and i was clearly stating that of course if you're in the mind you have to be in the mindset to be ready to put your own methodology on the table and put it to question by asking the person the, the way that they think so that you can reflect on your own and they can reflect on their own way of thinking. And so you have to come honestly to the table being able to question yourself as well. Um, his point was mainly, so my friend's point, uh, a, a side of this is, this tool is too, too dangerous. And if at some point I was using that and thinking about manipulating instead of being honest on that conversation, it would be way too powerful to use. It sounds like a firearm to me. <laughs> like this is too kind of. dangerous for people to have. Kind of. Yeah. That's probably a good analogy for him. It's a it's really kind of interesting a firearm. perspective. I, I'm, I'm definitely willing to... Like, I, I just don't see it like that. And I know some people do, but... I always think about it in, in opposition to what is my first question. Like mm. when What's someone... the alternative, maybe. Even. Exactly, exactly. What, what like is that... the other alternative? So yeah. he, his stance on that would probably be, I don't care if there's an alternative or not. I don't want to use a method that can be dangerous. But I, I think the, <laughs> point, the point that I'm trying to make is that Anytime you interact with another human or choose not to interact, it can be dangerous. Mm. Looking that at the first, what's the first tool in the toolbox? It, it's building rapport. Like, what, what's the first tool in the toolbox of the confidence trickster, trickster right? Building rapport, right? What's yeah, the first, yeah, first tool of, in, yeah. in, in, yeah. in the Mormon, uh, you know, con uh, convention, yeah, con um, strategy the for crook. convincing people? Yeah. It, it's the same. And so, you know, the, 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 the idea that these tools are, are necessary to, to build up, you know, a good, well, a useful, or we find them useful, is exactly the same reason why a lot of people with different agendas will find them useful. Um, and I think I think it's it's probably just a good thing to be suspicious of motives. But I would sort of agree that what else is there? <laughs> if there's right. a way, is there a way that we can achieve this goal um, without using those tools? Because I definitely think if there was, or at least having raising that suspicion, because I definitely think if there was, this community would absolutely embrace it. Um, but yeah. but I I don't know that that's a solvable problem. Um, I would be definitely interested to hear if, if you felt that was uh, there was some suggestions. I'd, I'd have to go back and ask him. I think his stance is mostly um, about teaching critical thinking and education through courses, mm -hmm. um, not, um, and then street epistemology can be one of the tools used as part of the critical thinking global mindset. And when he, what he usually, usually does when he interacts with somebody that has a view that um, triggers him, uh, is usually to send them probably a playlist of um, skepticism 101 from a, a French uh, university or some kind. Um, but yeah. the, the non-alternative um, is a, maybe a good path for him. There's sort of two sides to this coin, right? Like everyone doing this needs to think, are they comfortable with what they're doing? And then there's the flip side where if this is being done to you, Mm. Is it a bad thing? 
And I feel like in terms of me doing something to somebody else, it, it, it only goes back to, I really only have a limited set of ways to interact with human beings. I can argue with them. I can engage in right what I would say collaborative discussion, which I would say SE is collaborative. Or I can fight them or I can ignore them. I'm not sure what else there is. And it, and it just seems like I'd rather have collaborative discussion than any of the other options. Yeah, I just really want them to think about what the alternative is. And then I want right. them to think about, like, if somebody's thinking it's ma manipulation to ask questions, right, to unravel an idea so I can see how they're, how they're thinking about it, I want to know what the alternative to that is and how they're thinking about what the other options are. And then just, I want to just be receptive to hearing something because I have yet to come across something that's better. Yeah. One thing. No, but one, I, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no. Sorry. I, I just, I just noticed something as well, which is one thing you you, you mentioned. You, you're talking, uh, or the gentleman was talking about street epistemology, like it is, itself is a tool, um, as opposed to just a collection of other tools that are being used, right? That can certainly be used for other purposes, right? You can use a hammer to to build a, a school, or you can use it to you know bash somebody on the head, right? Like the the hammer. It's not intrinsic to the hammer what its intention is. And one of the things I think that's quite important to street epistemology, and my my personal view of, of street epistemology is that, that it's pretty much defined by its objective. And and the objective is to encourage other another person to reflect on the reasons why they believe they what they believe. And I think that in and and I would certainly say that that needs to be done honestly. So I usually pack in the word honestly reflect um in there because there's there's dishonest reflection for sure and that's unhelpful. Um I think that I think that in that essence, right, it would be very difficult to say that street epistemology could be, as in if street epistemology is defined by an objective, right, to get somebody to honestly reflect on why they believe what they believe. I don't think that your um, the person you were talking to could say that that in and of itself could be a tool for manipulation or, or, or persuasion, right, because it, it's just the stated aim. And then I would say that certainly all of the tools within that toolbox that you're using to achieve that aim certainly could be used for um alternative purposes but the moment you've stopped using those tools to pursue that goal i believe you could be said to have stopped doing street epistemology right and 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 the, therefore we we're in a place where we we're actually able to say no that's actually not se because you've actually used this for manipulation and the moment you chose to do that rather than encourage critical reflection you've stopped performing street epistemology and a slight nitpick of words uh like uh encourage people to to get them to reflect like this word get i even feel a little unsettled even when i just hear the word get almost like we're taking something from them like we're taking i much prefer the word encourage like this is consensual like they don't have to talk to me if they want to talk to me then great and if they don't want to talk about it i'm not going to force them to talk about it necessarily unless it's like endangering other people or whatever Though I'm encouraging them. Yeah, and these these are some Yeah, we've got a couple here. of good comments in chat. So Roddy's saying that um, the way that you talk goes a long way. And I think that's true. I think people pick up on, you know, your sincerity just through tone of voice and things like that. If, yeah, that, so, okay. I'm, I'm going to be the devil's advocate here. Yeah, just, please. Not, yeah, I, go for um, it. The, if people could genuinely feel your intentions, crooks wouldn't work and wouldn't get money out of people. <laughs> what what so, oh, crooks? <laughs> crooks, yeah. Uh -huh. um, I like that. So, so I think as we are doing it, 
in the most honest way possible because it's the better means that we found to communicate with people, especially when we don't share, or even if we do share the same views as they do, we think it's a great tool because it allowed us to come from a place where we were fighting, arguing, or ignoring, and it gave us this alternative. So on that, I completely agree, but um, to for the twist of words on, if you're doing it with the wrong intention, it, it becomes non-street epistemology. That would be buying a weapon, saying it's a self-defense weapon, and just because it, if you used it on somebody not in self-defense, that uh, that's okay. That's not a self-defense weapon anymore, you know, or a firearm. Just because it's used um, not for what it's intended for, unfortunately, doesn't mean that the tool has not that capability. And yeah. the way he feels about it is probably as if he was so far handed a screwdriver to me, and today I'm giving it um, an automated screwdriver, and he feels that it could be too powerful and I don't know what's the word in English, sorry, to... Um, what is it in French? Um, abîmé, um, to, you know, if that you use a, an <laughs> Yeah, no, it's an, if you use an automatic screwdriver, if it goes too fast, it can ruin your screw, basically. Strip. And instead of being, yeah, instead of being helpful into screwing into the wood, you would have damaged the screw and you can't use it anymore. So that's uh, probably the way I he think, feels I think about this. This is like a this is a, a general point about anything, right? Like I think, True. you probably. know, I, I, so I'll be the devil's devil's advocate because <laughs> I I think I think devil section. At some point, we're see, all representing the... the devil, and nobody's on the good side. <laughs> I've got like some this... devil horns nearby. I can put them on. I definitely. Yeah, is there a filter? I should do that. Okay. So I, I think I would go so <laughs> far as closet. to say that anytime we choose to interact with other people, we have goals. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. Like, I think there's this conception that unless, unless you're talking to someone for no reason at all, it's a, it's a immoral conversation. And I just don't buy that argument. Like, I yeah. talk to people to change their minds. I talk to people to get things. I talk to people to come to agreement. I talk to people for all sorts of reasons. And I don't think there's anything wrong for having a goal. One thing that I've observed is that oftentimes this concern seems to be higher among people who practice SE themselves, almost as if they they themselves have seen how powerful it is to use this dialectic to understand and build bridges and they're kind of like almost like self-conscious that they that they're doing something because it's so effective they're like oh man I, i'm like a little worried that i might be doing something wrong what if i'm wrong in in getting them to right. change their mind yeah right and that just goes to show how open-minded the community is though outside the community uh, I don't think that there's much of a concern. If anything, there's kind of a hunger outside of this community for bringing, like, for de-radicalizing ideological divides of all stripes, right? There's just, in at least in America and in Portland, specifically where I'm from, there's just a lot of people that strongly disagree on great many things, and they're opting to just not talk about it instead. And what they should be doing is talking to each other. And we're trying to give empower people 
with ideas about how we're thinking, how we're thinking about the way we're communicating, um, so that we can resolve differences. Uh, so, uh, I think it's a, it's good to be talking about manipulation. Absolutely. And though I think it's probably not that as big of a problem as yeah. we think it is. It's mostly like, an we've got a disagreement in, in chat. Kerglow says that, um, they think it is wrong to have goals in a conversation because it assumes certainty. So I, I think I would argue that assuming that you're right is, is a problem. The problem isn't the conversation. The problem is assuming you're right. Can I, can I just make two quick points? Cause I, I, I also at risk of, of Wobak having to <laughs> take, take, take this from all sides in any case, but I, I just wanted to address, um, just the definitional thing. Cause I think it's interesting uh, and perhaps an important, um, the the i the the example you gave of the gun being used for self defense or or nefarious purposes is is interesting to me though street epistemology is analogous to the self defense like you're using the tool in the, in the service yeah. of the goal right and yeah. and the moment you've used that gun for some other reason you absolutely cannot say you're doing self defense anymore you're using this to rob a bank so so that's kind of i guess an interesting framing shift for me personally um, and the other thing is, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm reluctant to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. But Pine Creek, um, uh, Doug, who is often on the show, has an interesting way of addressing this problem, which is to say to the person, look, just assume that I'm, this is bad faith, assume that I'm trying to persuade you. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. if, if you really feel that that's the framing, well, why don't we just assume that that's the case? And then let's continue to have this conversation. And then if you feel like, like you've noticed where I'm doing that, like, let me know, like, tell me where, where that's happening. I think that's probably an interesting way of addressing it because otherwise, you know, I don't think you can persuade somebody that you're not trying to persuade somebody, um, well, or at least well. you're going to have to start for sure. Right? No, that, that, that's a really interesting thought telling him, okay, you let's, let me teach it to you and let you can do it on me. We can work it together. And if at some point you feel like you're trying to manipulate instead of being honest about the way people reflect on their thinking, let them know. And, and therefore, they can be aware of it and let you know when they feel they're being manipulated versus when they feel you're being honest and open in the conversation. And that could be a good way of putting that aside for him during that conversation and then uh, moving on to more open and honest, honest conversations. And, and it connects with the definition. It, it connects with the definition as well, because what you can say is you can say, <laughs> yeah, because honestly, the moment you think I'm trying to persuade you, like I, I will have stopped achieving, looking to achieve my goal. I'm no longer doing self-defense, right? So it's really important to me that, yeah. that I don't do this. So the moment we wander off this path, I will have failed. And it's really helpful for you to feed back to me. So yeah, I think that's great. I wonder if Reed has those do's and don'ts handy uh, for us to take a look at too. And then maybe we can move on to another thing here in a minute. Yeah. Um, but the following list of attitudes and behaviors that could shift an SE talk into the realm of manipulation and should be avoided. Yeah, hiding your goals. hiding your goals. Oh yeah, actually, I was gonna I was gonna like suggest that. Yeah, but that's if you have goals, I, I, you can just say them. I just wanted to to react to Chucky um, about uh, when you said you had goals um, about changing their mind. Right. I I just want to say I do approach SE without the goal in mind about what if they're right or wrong because without that's not any what goal I feel. in mind or without that goal, it, without. I, uh, when I try to approach SE or approach, let's say, non-violent communication with people, not especially doing, you know, the formal version of SE, I usually approach it with, 
let me understand what brought you there. Right, but Not that's in your the goal. Good sense. Yeah, I, I want to. Yeah. My goal is to understand. Right. How they achieve their conclusion, not if it's bad or wrong, or if right. they should change their mind or not, but just understand and maybe reflect and help them reflect on the way they arrive to the conclusion. And all I'm saying the is that, that I agree or not. I'm just making the point that some people will claim that the existence of goals is the problem. Oh, okay, okay. And I think that that's way too far. Like the real problem is being is lying, right? The real problem is misrepresenting. Mm. So I, I think one one character characterization here is the difference between wanting somebody to incur to critically reflect on their reasons why they believe what they believe, and a second one is having an, a a stated or a, a, a desired conclusion that you want them to come to. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so the moment you think that you know where they should end up in this conversation, if they're at position A, you you want to get them to position specifically position B. You are persuading. You're you're going to be tempted to use rhetoric and 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 cheap cheap linguistic nonsense and and persuasion all day. If that's your goal, then that's what you're going to do. If you honestly have the goal of encouraging the person you're talking to just to start that reflection process, just to think about it for a moment. Um, then I think you're doing street epistemology. But the moment your goal becomes anything other than that, I, I, and again, this is why I think it's really useful to define SE in this way, because by saying this is this is what I'm attempting to do, I mean, I'm telling you what my goal is. I want you to just reflect on the reasons why you believe what you believe. If you have a secret goal, a hidden secondary goal, that you want them to then conclude some particular outcome, then I think you're going to be not doing street epistemology and you're, you're going to be chasing persuasion. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I still I still am not quite like maybe I'm just a uh, an asshole. I think that's pretty pretty <laughs> likely in fact. But I I have no problem with really any goal. The problem is misrepresenting your goal. Yeah. And I think I think it's or not okay. making it clear what you think. If that if you have a yeah. conclusion, yeah. Yeah. Because like. Mean, I, tricking yeah. someone is the problem right it's like i mean i'm i'm let's pick something concrete here i think i would rather people believe that vaccines don't cause autism for example and i do legitimately want people with that view to change their mind i can't help it that's a truth about myself so there's a distinction between wanting to have a conversation that persuades somebody to do that, which may be a laudable goal, right? To say that this isn't a street, wouldn't be street epistemology if that's explicitly the objective that you have, right? To say that's not street epistemology is certainly not the same as saying that's not a good conversation to have and you shouldn't do it, right? If you really believe that and you want that person to come to that explicit outcome, then by all means do this. I just think it's useful not to frame that as street epistemology because that that, that objective is is very different um, from from the, I think what what we should be doing under the rubric of street epistemology. Um, I also I think that. Okay. In any case, for the audience listening, if you are personally concerned by this conundrum, right. then just say, "Huh, wow, that's fascinating." I hold the opposite view. Do you mind if I ask questions so I can like help understand where you're coming from, and maybe you can understand where I'm coming from? And feel, by the way, feel free to ask me questions along the way. Yeah, you know, just like. <laughs> You know, it's uh, we kind of tend to overthink this one, I think, a little bit. Let's bring yeah. up that list of things back that Reed had. Uh, if yeah. he's like not gone, he might be gone. We've, but there uh, we go. 
He also had a flow chart too, which I kind of wish we mentioned. Um, so that way if people were just listening and not watching, they could see like there was this really great flow chart on like why do SE. That was a good one too. Um, but let's see here. Being disingenuous in your words or actions. Yeah, don't be disingenuous. Uh, um, revealing some goals yet, uh, you know, intentionally hiding others. Yeah, we pretty much covered that messaging excessively ideally you're not messaging at all other than maybe you know to be clear about what your views are and and um when you're answering questions that sort of thing um leveraging emotions oh man yeah and expressing fake empathy or kindness it, it seems like the the common trend for all of these is is be genuine yeah yeah mm. so anyway does um, that Thank you very much. Yeah, does that answer that your question, Wolbeck? Yeah, it does. It does. I'll have a new way of approaching this with him, and I'll have another conversation around this yeah. to um, hopefully get him to understand what can be achieved um, through 3D epistemology that might not be achievable through other means. So that's great. Thank you very could much. I, could I, can I ask a real quick question before you leave? Sorry. Um, I'm sure. just intrigued as to the size of the French uh, SE community because it, it, it is a personal anecdotal observation of mine that there aren't that many French practitioners on the SE Discord server specifically. And I wondered if there was a particular reason for that. So there might be, so we have a few people already on the street epistemology discord in the French section. Um, but in order to be more efficient um, in terms of uh, advertising and everything, um, there was the creation of a French association and the French laws gotcha. uh, to be able to request subventions and be represented. So um, it was named Opinion sur rue, which means ideas on the streets. And it englobes street epistemology alongside other verbal communication um, methods, methodologies, just to try and talk better with people, have better dialogue. Uh, and street epistemology is the main focus, of course, of the group. There's uh, and there's so as we created a, a different entity, uh, there's a separate Discord on which we hold all the administrative discussions that go around that. So hence this explains the, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but unfortunately, we had to so we because we couldn't have all those kind of discussions. Uh, it would have polluted the uh, the discord with many non SC directly related uh, communi communications and discussions. That's awesome. I'm really glad I have an answer to that because it's just a weird observation to notice. And, uh, <laughs> and and yeah, thank you very much for that. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming. No on. worries. Thank you very much. Have Thanks a nice call. Uh, hey, yes. Take care. Cheers. Thanks. And then, uh, <laughs> the, I don't like the column. It really this wants is, us this to is be awful. vertical. Why do I need to go? <laughs> it's because it fills all the space. He, he does yeah. like it to fill the space. That's true. That's. <laughs> um, so we've we've got a couple of questions in chat. So I'd like to encourage y'all to actually call in if you want to talk about these things in in depth. Um, for for anybody just joining us, there is a link in chat pinned to the top. You can call and uh, talk to us, just like um, uh, we just had a caller. Um, we're back, and you're welcome to to call in with with a question, or comment, or a claim. Why would someone have to be certain to want to want someone to else to change their mind? That's an interesting question. I don't think. 
I don't think it should be a burden. Uh, certainty, I, I yeah. philosophically speaking, I don't believe certainty is a position anybody can legitimately hold. They can be very, yeah. very convinced and feel treat something as if they are certain about it. Uh, yeah, but I'm I don't not think certain, certain about anything. Exactly. Even even my uncertainty. Um, even colloquially, and, just using the word certain, like I'm certain if you're if you feel positive, you don't use yeah. that word ever. I but, actually try not to even use the word no. I don't. I wouldn't say that huh. I know anything. I just have beliefs. Well, I sometimes say that that person doesn't know something that I saw or that person doesn't know something that uh, about the conversation we had or something. Yeah. Like that's how I'll use the word no. Yeah. There's an interesting co component of language, which is it, it tends to drift. Um, and and the, the, the go-to example I often use here is that the, the expression uh, soon used to mean in Old English, it used to mean now, immediately. But people got lazy. So when somebody said that they would do something soon, meaning now, what they really meant was they would do it in sort of five minutes. And then eventually that became 15 minutes or 20 minutes or maybe tomorrow, right? It expands so more and more. And so they made this new word, which is now, right? And now, if you notice, doesn't really mean now anymore either, because you have to sort of say right now if you really mean you're going to do it immediately. And I and I think that that kind of linguistic shit drift happens with expressions of certainty, right? Because what you're saying by using the word certain or I know or true is you're not really making a philosophical claim. What you're making, what you're saying, is using language to convince somebody else of what your intent is and what you want them to do in response to that. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that's that's a, just an interesting thing to notice because it lends people to say more than they intend because of, of the need to persuade. And will it's, kills it's the tough. <laughs> it's tough to. T I mean, I think the the big picture. I think the big thing is that it's quite hard to talk to people. Like, it's hard for me to put ideas into your head. And it's really hard to put the ideas that I want you to get from me into your head. There's that word get again. Sorry. Well, it's but but I think there there is a goal when <laughs> even if I say even if I say, you know, I went to the bank yesterday, or I, I, I had a I had a run in at the bank and, and I got into an argument or something, and I'm talking to my roommate, like there's a reason why I'm saying that. Mm. But, but, I'm but trying the, to tell them what I'm dealing with so that they can offer advice or sympathy or like everything we do has a goal. I don't think there's anything wrong with goals. But but the goal but the would you would you say that that's true of a street epistemology conversation? Other than, so to me, I would say that the SE is defined by the goal of encouraging reflection, and that that if you're if you have a different goal, then you're not doing SE in my view. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. I think I think that's the what's the word? That's the sort of crystalline I can't think of any other word than goal. That's the that's the the highest goal possible. But I think I think our real reasons the, the reasons people do things aren't so simple. It's a mix of all sorts of stuff. There's 5% of this and there's 10% of that. And there's, I mean, let's be, let's be a hundred percent honest. Like part of the goal is I feel good when I talk to people. Like there's so many reasons we do the things that we do. Yeah. I, I, maybe motivations is, is better there, right? Like there, there's, there's lots of reasons that motivate you to want to have the conversation, but the objective right. of the conversation itself feels to me like it necessarily should be reflection. And I think if you're, if you're, 
chasing a different goal. So if I'm motivated to have this conversation and not and not um, feel like I've succeeded, if somebody starts to critically reflect, then I this think is that's why a I problem. Think we should be just doing reviews of the SE uh, of the SE book textbook that we're writing the module the guide the se guide we're, we're like hundreds of pages into this thing right now and i'm fairly certain that we've covered in great detail goals and i would love to just pour over that with you will to see like what it is many of us in the community have worked so hard to write and to make clear i mean we're always improving it so i would love to see like if you could like tear it up and uh and help us think about it more because you are you've been you've changed my mind about a, a great many things speaking of which and this is let me know if this is uh let me know if this is like a if i'm diverting the conversation too much but um i got some new swag i got some new swag here anthony sent me this new shirt in the in the mail i like the red yeah the red say, is good it's a little it's clashy nice with my red room but it's, it's it's not clashy that's on point you got too matchy <laughs> yeah no it's extra good. matchy Definitely the devil horns would work really good right now in this it picture. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, but you made this argument a long time ago, and I just wanted to put a spotlight on it for a second because um, while I might not be seeing the goal thing completely eye to eye with you, though I know what you're saying, and from my point of view, I'm like, okay, you can have you can have that <laughs> idea. Like it doesn't affect me at all. Um, the the um, case that you made about changing the SE logo. <laughs> you made you made a kit you made like a whole powerpoint Jesus presentation Christ. i know yeah i'm gonna dig it up let's light a match <laughs> I, I i feel i feel honestly feel it it would be easier for me to persuade everybody in the se community to agree to my definition of what se is than to get everybody to agree that the logo needs to change see here's the thing are you trying to encourage us to adopt that view is that your goal <laughs> anyway right. this this here is the logo this here is the logo. This is the new logo, right? This is the logo I designed as in response to my criticisms of the existing logo. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I, I, I have some I have some issues with the existing logo, and rather than just simply say don't like it, um, I thought I would try to come up with something that was uh, in capturing the the spirit of it, and maybe <laughs> the actual SE logo just disappeared from the left. Did you see? That? Yeah, can, yeah. Put it back up. Put it back up. I think I think Reed's working on it. Man behind the curtain is hard at oh, work. He, he's, the, he's, he's got things some. Up. You know, he's he's playing he's playing the internet like a like a piano right now. Um, <laughs> so so I had I had these concerns about the logo, and and basically wanted to demonstrate that you know we could we could make something a little bit cleaner, a little bit more. Um, where can people see your your argument define. for it if they wanted to look at your powerpoint could probably throw that up if you want to guys want to do this guy i'm worried you don't need to do year. it right now but like maybe we'll just like put it in the in the comments yeah later because it's yeah like, maybe that would be a really I, strong argument for it and it's there's a bit of a sunk cost if we don't want to change like and also like we want to be people who change our minds about all sorts of stuff why not the logo and um the logo this logo isn't terrible it's not bad it's just like a little weird in my view like the question mark you're right kind of does like convey confusion like we're here to confuse people right uh one yeah. thing i do like more about the old logo is how see how the black lines on the old logo like kind of go through and make the bubble for the question mark on the on the light bulb and it doesn't nice. quite do that on yours if it did that a bit more on yours then i'd be like perfect it's done I 
I conceptually, I think the idea behind the original logo is really nice, and and I tried to take inspiration. Part of the reason for the the lines not making the lo the the outline of the bulb in the way that you're suggesting is is the issue that I I I feel like the the resulting shape of the light bulb does not read so easily as a light bulb. As in, I didn't recognize it as a light bulb the first few times I'd seen it, um, and 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 so there, there's there's kind of the that's kind of why I changed the shape of it. There's a whole bunch of things that uh, reflected on as result and sort of resulted in this one. And one of the things that was quite interesting was that the uh, SE Street Epistemology Discord server. Um, I I I swear I jumped I jumped into a uh, channel a conversation one day some months ago, and they were they were saying so we're going to change the logo to your logo, <laughs> and I was really surprised about it, and and they did and uh, actually really surprised that it got almost I won't say universally positive but certainly uh, much much more positive response than I was expecting because people tend to not yeah. like things that change. I think if it, if I we adopted your logo as a community i'd put it on more of my stuff like that's i like really appreciate that because like I, I, i'd probably it's more fashionable <laughs> in my opinion to like walk around with it um, it, it yeah, yeah. Uh, it it, it, it well, certainly anyway. can be tweaked and and i appreciate you raising that and yeah, uh, yeah. if not slightly slightly surprised that this conversation's come up but i appreciate it man just figured it was worth mentioning um but uh and to move on to something different um unless you guys had somewhere to go maybe we should just reset the room tell people they can call in then i'll move on to my next thing yeah sounds good yeah i'm trying to encourage people to call in i've been i've been talking in chat um so one of the things we haven't done today is have somebody on with a claim so if you have a, a belief that you'd like to explore instead of us just talking about sa you can see how it works yeah. um and, and if, then we can if, if you don't break. feel that you have a claim can i ask you what your confidence is in that <laughs> see what I, you see what i did there so yeah, I, just twist, I twisted it around on them. They thought they thought they 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 had it straight, and then I flipped it on them. Yeah. And now now they don't know which way. Is but up. yeah, I think it, it is often hard for people to come up with claims, and um, you know, it's hard to identify beliefs that you have until you sit down and you start thinking about it. But you know, any anything you want to talk about from politics to um, you know bathrooms or uh, trans rights, things like that, or something maybe about religion or maybe just interpersonal uh, conflicts. Do you, do you think that SE um, is problematic if you have a goal? These are all claims that we'd be happy to explore. Yeah, and if no one calls in, maybe we can talk about goals more. <laughs> just SE each other. I'm sure that would work. Um, uh, and a quick plug. Uh, I recently was so inspired by Lisa. Um, and her recent contributions to previous uh, call-in shows that we've been doing recently, uh, because she started a group or a community in Salt Lake City, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And um, I've just been hearing stories about that and how positive that sounds. And that's something I've been kind of lacking here in Portland is like any kind of like actual in-person community. Discord only satisfies me so much before I'm like, okay, I'm like sitting at my computer all day. I want like real life person yeah. interaction and there's not a lot of people in my area that think very crit critically about a lot of things and i've just been like hungry for it and after seeing you know i, I heard i think even like tyrone wells brought this up uh, a long time ago on his show that if there isn't a community in your town start one yeah and when i heard that from him i was like yeah maybe but i need to think of a few people first to send yeah. the initial invite right and then 
I just heard from Lisa. She just started one, like threw it up there, and now she's yeah. meeting up once a week, or I think like twice a month or something. And um, so yeah, reach out to Salt Lake City uh, SE Group if you're in that area. Yeah. And, we actually um, had a, I think, a caller last week when Lisa was on who had their own uh, meetup. So there, there's things that are happening that even we're not aware of. Um, we were talking right. about trying to figure out how to link up all of these people. So you we should can probably do, do that. Streetpistemology.com. I'm going to I'm going to say this now because uh, not that it's a useful place to discuss it, but but in general because I think it, it's worth remembering. Well, I want myself to remember in the future, but um, you can actually create a a a, a a group that is a that has multiple child groups essentially. So one one meetup group entity that can have multiple child meetups and and they can all be connected in that way um and and that's how i used to run my deviant robot uh, communities back in the day um as to how easy that is um i i honestly nathan it, you'll be you'll be so surprised you you basically oh. it, it is totally the if if you build it they will come model and well, it that's totally what I was about happens. to <laughs> that's what i was about to mention i just was so inspired by lisa and and her just like because she's new to se and she was like screw it i'm just gonna start it even though yeah. i'm kind of new to this and like because yeah. it's not it's really not that hard like yeah you can go a... in the rabbit hole of se and just it goes deeper and deeper and deeper but the initial like basic nuts and bolts of se is something that anyone can learn yeah something oh. that i'm always championing is trying to encourage people to have their first se conversation and it doesn't have to be on video it doesn't have to you don't have to get a mic you don't have to get a camera yeah you just have to friends. tell yeah your your roommate or your friend or somebody at work although it does help hear... to record because then you can listen back and see how well you did because we have a Maybe. different idea i think but that's of how whole... well we think we did until we listen to it but that's my uh, my take i think recording is a whole thing right like the, the purpose is to communicate with people better. And you can do that yeah. with your mom. You can do that with your sibling. You can do that with your roommate. Um, we had an example a couple of weeks ago, like whose turn is it to do the dishes? Like you can do SE about anything. I, I think well, I might. Before we keep can I, can going. I just real quick? I, I okay. just wanted to just, I'm so sorry. I just wanted sorry. to just instead, because I think, I think I was misunderstood then. Um, I, I meant the, per, the, the, the process of starting an actual meetup community in your area is very easy. Right. And that actually, once you've started a meetup <laughs> uh, uh, community in your area, it really will populate. So, um, don't don't be afraid of just giving it a go and seeing how many people you can you you can basically start the meetup community. You can fly the flag of street epistemology, and you you basically just through the the natural algorithm of of meetup.com you will find that participants will start to gather, and then you can put your you can announce your first event once you've got a sort of sufficient critical mass. Um, yeah. yeah, it's very, very easy to do. And, and we, we, we have anybody in chat who's tried to set up a, an event, let us know. We'll uh, advertise you and um, can talk about how it went. I think it would be great to, to do a conversation with the people that have been running these events, because I think the nature of the events, you know, actually running something like this and um, having it be active and, and finding activities for the communities to do and, you know, what patterns work really well, I think would be a really good conversation to have because well, I think the more right real here, work communities, the better. I, what I've been trying to express is that I started it. I started one in Portland. Ah. So I made one. Uh, so Street Epistemologist of PDX, I think is what it's called right now. So you meet at the airport. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I might, I don't know what we're going to, we're probably going to discuss where we want to meet and like put it to a poll or something. Uh, but it already like has, you know, 10 people. 
and several people, uh, two of us, or actually three of us, including myself, have YouTube channels. So that's awesome. Hmm. And then uh, several other people are um, people in within my friend circles. I didn't even I haven't met yet somehow. Some like one person is 150 friends. Yeah, Street of Miss Small just PDX. So I just nice. started one, and you know we got 10 people now. And uh, I just wanted to mention it here in case there's anybody else in the uh, Portland metro area, or maybe you're in Southern Washington and you don't mind driving a bit. Um, yeah, so check that out. Come and join I need, us. I need to mention a something that's quite important and will be relevant to the conversation is 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 an elephant in a pink leotard riding a unicycle uh, and i think it's really important that we get a visual for that just saying i just <laughs> just i'm just commenting on reed's amazing ability to pull up relevant uh, images and i wanted to push the boundary there a little bit challenge, he's, challenge he always quick, quickly thinking on his feet he's, he's on it. Push the buttons the right way <laughs> there he's are some it. ai tools now that'll draw programs for you based on google images I'm not so convinced you know that reed isn't an ai you know. tool have you seen his miro chart it's it's like it's <laughs> yeah well uh, uh, for all those that attend this is the last thing i have to say on it for all those that attend i'm gonna bring some uh some goodies to give away uh um some like t-shirts awesome. and stuff so that's some really goodies. interesting swag. some swag i, I got some more swag to bring that's actually very interesting that you you said that nathan because i was looking i was looking at um the laws about proselytizing in israel recently just just happened to be looking at them. Huh, okay. And they actually have, so th many people think that it's against the law to proselytize. I don't never know how to say that word. Proselytize. Prostle I have a hard time with that I think you're, you're getting the L a little bit late. <laughs> yeah, look, let's just look. I'm from the South. Just give me a yeah, pass. Yeah, we're American, so we're proselytize. Proselytize. So anyway, a lot of people think that it's illegal to proselytize in, in Israel, but it's actually not. They do have laws, though, against offering goods in order for people to listen to your beliefs. And so what you're wow. doing would actually be illegal in Israel. Wow. Well, yeah. to listen to my beliefs, what if I just say, like, hey, if you show up, I'm going to give you free stuff. I think any, anything. Any, anything that's that tied still? to material gain, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's kosher. I think you're just going to have to cancel your your uh, Israeli meetup. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I yeah I do want to just yeah I do really think it'd be great to to hear back from you on that Nathan and just like and and also yeah definitely feel like it's a very different beast doing these meetups you know it's a very different type of thing and I think like sharing resources on this and like what are good activities and that kind of stuff I think would be really good within the community so it would be great maybe on the SE discord if there isn't already maybe create a meetup meetup runners sort of discord conversation so that you know yeah. people can share tips and tricks we I've talked with Lisa about that uh, mm. very little but um, we're thinking about maybe even having like uh, uh, some sort of forum where we can all where all the different group leaders can talk about what works what doesn't work right. what what will groups right how can groups benefit from bringing people together in person communities because um, that's what I want to be doing now I think more than even just I mean I haven't done one yet I haven't actually gone but I love talking oh, about so SE fun, so man. I could just 
it's like, it's a it's a thrill right once you see actual physical real world meet people walking through a door and sitting down and wanting to talk to you about your people. thing yeah because we back in the day i used to talk about our online visitors becoming less interesting to us than our meet space visitors right um and and meet space is just such a wonderfully unpleasant <laughs> but, but viscerally in fun way hey um, there's lisa in chat Welcome yeah in. i see lisa in chat hey how you doing i don't have Yay, the ability so, to highlight the comments oh i can do that yeah Sorry. i can't either uh here we go Boy, yay, so happy <laughs> started a group. Indeed, yeah. we need more more SE groups, more meat space uh, groups. <laughs> so I, I don't want to be a broken record, but I there, there's this there's there's a difference, right, between starting a meetup, which I think is super important, and like I I'm not discouraging you at all. Everyone should sure. start a meetup in their town. But right today, you can have a conversation. I think some people fall into the trap of just For sure. watching this stuff. On YouTube, and they're like, "Oh, this is a community," but I can't really get involved. Like, you can you can talk to your coworker today. Yeah. You know, like, there's no there's no nothing you have to do to do SE. I basically just met like two or three people, at, and I asked them like, if I started a group, would you want to join? And they're like, "Absolutely!" Like yeah. positively. And I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay. Well, then let's exchange numbers." And then I had a, a foundation of like three or four, and it all happened in 24 hours. So that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I, I think it's a good point. Like I, I the prob, part of the problem with the visual of street epistemology is always the YouTube videos and Anthony exactly. street conversations and the yeah. GoPro strapped to every I, I available think limb. That miss yeah. the forest for the trees. It's it's uh, yeah it's, ultimately it's, about conversation. It, it's an understandable sort of optic problem but because of course the things that you see are the things that are available to see from yeah, street epistemology yeah. right so you're not going to see all the private conversations you're not going to see the conversations with colleagues and loved ones and things and yeah. um i think that as a result like that this perception certainly persists and and i think the concept of street the word street and street epistemology is famously sometimes mis misconstrued right? to meaning yeah. actually conversations on the street which is it which could is also be office true. epistemology it could right? be office epistemology, although <laughs> i think that would give a very different but equally invalid um representation dude can you well, imagine doing se in space like space no not space not space, space. SE, office office i know i'm throwing out another one on top <laughs> like one one day when we travel through the stars on our intergalactic uh time traveling spaceship I, I would yeah. be, I would be very SE surprised if something like SE hasn't already happened in space. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure. We, we, we're going to pull this lever, right? <laughs> What's your confidence uh, that that's the right lever? Like, I think they, I think they definitely use critical thinking to challenge each other's assumptions all the time in that sort of situation. Um, yeah, like to give a concrete example, I have a friend who I introduced SE to, and then you know he goes off and he comes back a couple of weeks later and says um, he was in a meeting the other day at work. And somebody made a claim, and he recognized that that hearing that claim make made him have a feeling. You know, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> and he said, "Whoa, slow down!" And he started asking him, "Like, are you sure? How sure are you? What gives you confidence?" And he realized that um, the guy had a point. It wasn't the point that he was saying out loud, but he had something to contribute. And that can happen. You know, you don't need a structure to do that. One of one of the things that amused me um, a little bit was to hear Anthony talk about how he used to have conversations with uh, taxi drivers, which which is something right. I used to do constantly. I used to have fairly deep 
and, and, and very personal in many regards, conversations with taxi drivers. Um, because you're you're kind of time boxed in a, in a specific space with a stranger and and like this is an opportunity to have a conversation it, it really I, I don't know that i'd necessarily recommend this to everybody but you it certainly means that you need to be very careful about how you build rapport and you need to make sure that there are plenty of you know non-controversial or non-confrontational i should say uh, exits to the conversation you should make the driver feel like you don't have to be engaging but most drivers in my experience will recognize that if you're going to be stuck in the, the car with this stranger for the next 20 30 minutes or something um the, the this is an opportunity providing they recognize that you're not you know drunk or abusive or looking to be offensive or or, or you know be you know that you can actually have a very frank and honest conversation in that space because there, there are literally no stakes there's there's no preconception there's no impact to your wider um social groups you know that this this taxi driver is essentially never going to see this person again and therefore they can be quite frank and honest if they if you can convince them that your your motives are, are genuine and i've i've had fantastic conversations with taxi drivers on about religion family their, their their reflections on how they should bring their children up you know their views on their political situations in their relative countries it, it's a great space to have an, a conversation with another human. And and in fact, it encourages me to notice this thing, which is almost all conversations with humans can be interesting. It's so funny that you brought up taxi drivers as an example, because like Uber and Lyft is what I do between other like temp jobs. And like, right. I, I take up all sorts of work. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I've been working for myself since 2017. And uh, so I've done a lot of rides and I just chat people up all day long, or <laughs> if they don't want to talk, they'd rather be quiet. I'm really respectful about that too. And I just listen to oh, audiobooks yeah. all day Can long. Can you imagine unknowingly, I get in the back of your car. Hey, would you want to have a conversation? Nathan pulls the car over. Fuck it. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> this is what we're about now. Never I usually could do two things at once. I can get to them to where they need to go. And also kind of like, just ask them questions and listen and repeat back. Yeah. I think, I think it's uh, an interesting place to practice. Certainly. The so only thing, though, is that you have to be like walking on eggshells because you are trapped with this person. Right, exactly. There is yeah. no escape. So exactly. like, I am like more gentle than I normally ever am and more yeah, like inquisitive. Yeah. And I also let people be wrong more often. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, OK, that's interesting. That weird, yeah. like, weird thing I just heard. OK, bye. But that's equally true if you're the one that's uh, asking the questions as, <laughs> yeah, and, right. and answering them. Yeah, so we've got both. one people in chat and not not a lot of people talking so everybody is shy um don't because uh, we're on fire today i, I don't, don't think be afraid is. yeah it's it's interesting considering the last few of these i think they were you know 500 comments versus uh, today um but you know if, if that... you've if you've been uh if you've been watching and you want to call in with a with a comment or or a claim please do so uh we're happy to uh, talk one-on-one -on -one with you i blame so lisa it's because lisa's not here that's yes <laughs> insufficient spicy takes um. yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah the, this this thing about like who do you talk to comes up a lot and you know people looking to do these videos on trails or at, at university campuses and things like that um and at, at the risk of sounding like a broken record try doing it with your coworkers. try doing it yeah. with your roommates you know, there's no reason that it has to be a stranger. Yeah, another another observation I, I've had is that as a as a contractor working for the in IT for the last um, God, good long amount of time 20, 10, 10, no, 20 years ten years, um, I um, 
I found that the actually SE in a, in a in a corporate office space is a really effective way to challenge people's claims about what should be being done or how something is working or what the problem might be. Um, it, it's a very non-confrontational way of addressing like the the problem, but also does this really beautiful job of helping share an understanding as well. It's not just about you know proving somebody's wrong, but by listening to somebody oh, yeah. go through the process of explaining their reasons why they think they should do X instead of Y, um, actually you increase the level of just ambient awareness of, of this, the architecture and the, the business and the ambitions and the, the motivations. Um, SE in the workplace is really, really effective. And I've, I've used it a few times now and I'm, I'm really a big sort of advocate for people thinking about it. Um, I put the link again in chat, Nathan. Thank you, um, appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, there's, there's all sorts of interesting things to think about in terms of today we've talked about, um, uh, the ethics of, of why you're doing these conversations. And then now we're sort of broaching the ethics of who to have these conversations with. Like, is it, is it ethical to talk to somebody trapped in a cab with you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if they can't escape, are they really willing participants? You just keep, you just double down on the consent questions. I think. 100%. Yeah. 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 You're just like, hey, like, you can't leave the car. You just address <laughs> the situation. You can't leave while I'm driving. Like, uh, so, like, are you sure you want to be talking about that right now? And usually, yeah. almost like, you know, 90% of the time, like, hell yeah. I've been dying to talk to somebody about this. I, I yeah. used to judge my, I used to judge my, uh, the call it the, the success of the conversations, um, by how willing, how, how eagerly they wanted to shake my hand at the end of the conversation. And, and, and that wasn't me offering my hand for them to shake, but they, they would sort of turn around and ask to shake my hand at the end of it. And I noticed this was happening very frequently. And I used to start to judge whether or not I'd done yeah. a good job by them wanting to, because it's quite cathartic, I think, talking to a stranger for, I mean, it's sort of the essence of therapy in a way. So that there's a lot of, there's a lot of benefit to having a very temporary, but brutally honest conversation with a stranger without an agenda. Yeah, I think it's a great litmus test. Like there's all this hypothetical worrying about whether you're doing something wrong. But if at the end of the conversation, the other person is like, I'm so glad we had that conversation. You're doing something right, you know? Yeah, 100%. So the SE, uh, SE practice on the Discord server starting in 20 minutes. So yeah, we, we will end this show in about 20 minutes. And uh, the SE practice will kick off immediately on Discord. So do check that out. Um, yeah, I um one I did have a weird interaction once. I, I was in I was in the back of a taxi sort of doing the same routine as I would normally do and sort of the gentleman was was a little bit quiet, but he's he was open to the conversation we were talking and we, we got we got onto the topic of moral, the moral question, and this gentleman was was uh, Muslim and he was talking about the he, he gave me the line that I've heard from many Muslims and many Christians and many other people, which is without my faith I would be a, a bad person. And and I gave my normal retort to this, which is that you know I, I I would be surprised about that. That would that would surprise me if this was the only reason you're a good person, because you know you're choosing to believe in this faith position, for example, which is you believe is encouraging you to be a good person. So there's, there's a component of that which is which would which would, but I I think undermines people's integrity about their own reasons for being a good person or not. And 
he turned around to me and he said, no, I definitely would be a bad person without my faith. And he said it to me in a way that genuinely made me, and, and I, I suddenly became very aware that it was like sort of two o'clock in the morning and very dark and we were <laughs> driving through these fields. And it was, it was, and I don't mean this as, as a reflection of, of, of Islam or, or this, you know, just this particular person. Um, very unnerving way of responding to it. So yes, yeah. I, I would urge caution a little bit. Yeah, I just um, go, why? Why? Yeah, no, I mean, it was just the way he one word. <laughs> This topic came up when we reviewed the video with uh, Anthony interviewing um, the former uh, Mormon. Mormon, right? Exactly. And Anthony sort of stopped the conversation. And I, I think one oh, thing to keep one, in yeah. mind is that, like, I think people often say this as a way to say. That's how fervently I believe, as opposed to saying they really think that they would be a bad person. Yeah, maybe wonder, there's a real reason check we can use yeah. to see whether or not that's this. there's a real reason that's making yeah. them think that their faith is what's keeping them a good person. And I think it's just unraveling their reasons why they think it's making them a good person or a better person and then usually it's it's like well as soon as i adopted faith i stopped you know drinking as much i stopped fornicating yeah. blah 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 the typical old, same old same old and then you just say okay is there is there you know i'm hearing that would you and then you just start asking questions about their reasons for why that they are perceiving it as better like if they're perceiving it as better, what, why, how are they doing that? And then yeah. once they say, say it out loud, you, you have their real reasons for why it's better for them yeah. in their own words. That's, that's interesting. I, that, one of the, one of the strategies I've taken in the past is, is pointing out, and this is a bit of an old chestnut, but you can point out that, you know, there are many things in your religious text, whichever religious text it is, that, that it, the text suggests or commands you to do that you clearly choose not to do. Right. And, and so you, you, you're not following, you're, you're not observing, uh, the, the Sabbath in the way that it's de defined by the Christian Bible. You're not, you're not avoiding fish. You're not, you know, you're not stoning, uh, women to death if they're not a virgin on their wedding night, et cetera, whatever the, whatever the, the thing is. And, um, let's not you, make presumptions. <laughs> that's right. I hope you're not, let's say, um, and, and they will say no. And, and then of course you, the question is just, you know, what, if, if you're not getting the moral intuition, not to do those things from the Bible, which you can't be, um, then you must be getting it from somewhere else. Right. So like, it, it's just, it's a, it's a, um, mm. it's an interesting you, thing. You can also kind of use uh, sort of outsider stuff where you say, do you think, do you think people, do you think all people without religion are immoral? And if not, why? Yeah. How, how do they the moral? Right. How do they live can... their lives morally? Yeah. Yeah. Is there is there something that somebody with a different religious view could do that they would think were, was moral in accordance with their religious text, but you would consider to be immoral? That would yeah. be interesting. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. These sort of meta things about these conversations about consent and and now this idea that like if someone says if i don't have this belief uh you know i'd go uh do bad things these these sort of topics come up a lot in the discussion about se and i and i wonder like you know, maybe, maybe there's sort of a 
focusing effect. Like, I, I don't think they really come up a lot in actual individual conversations. You know, like they're, they're interesting to talk about, but I don't think they're like. When you say actual conversations, you mean outside of street epistemology conversations, or you don't believe they come up a lot in street epistemology conversations? I don't think they come up a whole lot in street epistemology conversations. Oh, yeah. Okay. I definitely feel that they come up. Yeah, the the moral argument is definitely one of one of the frequently. I I feel like it's a frequently um, pointed to position. That, of why you're saying many people would say without this religion, I would be immoral. Yeah, so or, or, or words to that effect. Mm. Yeah, yeah, or, or at least they say I'm a better person because of the moral, because of my. Oh family. yeah, so I'm just talking about like when we get into this thing where we're like, whoa, 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 we don't want to do any harm. We have to worry about stopping the interview. Okay. Right. Uh, I'm in, talking about this part. Okay. So are you suggesting, oh, as in getting, being so convincing that they might harm themselves or others if they yeah, were to be like, persuaded? That I, I is don't think a rare. huge no, percentage that's... of conversations need to stop because of con serious concern for the other person's well-being. No, that that is that is very rare. Although one wouldn't necessarily know whether it was rare enough, right? It, it is possible that more harm is being done that we're not noticing by pushing people. Possibly, because one of the so, things that I go ahead, Nate. I've personally struggled with this one before because I've once only after having had a talk after listening back to it because I record my talks discovered that there might be something unethical about continuing a conversation with a person when I use the bo box of truth thought experiment. So like um, somebody told me um, that they're, they came to their conclusion because their conclusion was like a relationship. And then when I, so let's put that aside for a second. And I <laughs> asked the box of truth thought experiment to this person and this person said, and, and there's three questions. And the second question is, um, if this box of truth that always is right and always reveals the correct answer and gives you all the reasons you need to see to believe that it is or isn't the case, if it can only lower your confidence, but it couldn't raise it, it could only show you the reasons why you're wrong. Is there anything you wouldn't want to ask this box? Um, and the answer I got back, I should have slowed down a bit more. The answer I got back was, I wouldn't want to know if my wife is cheating on me. Hmm. Which made me think, and I didn't, I didn't catch it when I was in the talk. After the talk, I thought, well, their claim is, is a relationship. that They have a relationship. They're thinking of their claim as they have a relationship with their conclusion or with they think their relationship there's a relationship their conclusion i'm trying to be really abstract and vague on purpose <laughs> it's really it's specific. really hard I'm, I'm not sure whether you're saying the claim and the relationship are analogous or whether you're saying the claim is a claim about a relationship. their methods to knowing their conclusion is true is the same way that they have relationships with people i'm so trying like to be the really relationship vague. is their evidence no i think i understand is their method mean for and knowing is it is it's it like saying, they it's like you're saying, you're saying you treat a truth claim in the same way you might treat a relationship with a friend as in you you relate to it in the same way no it's more like okay so it's like a god belief and they said that their method to knowing is a relationship 
So, it's, so and they, they had a relationship that with... I was asking them how they knew their claim was true. And they said, it's kind of weird. It's like asking you how you know a person, you know. Yeah, some people describe their relationship with God as as as, as a, a relationship as a, as a relationship. Absolutely. Right. I've definitely heard that. And then when right. I asked the box of truth thought experiment, yeah, you know, what is there something you wouldn't want to find out about? And there's actually an answer there. And that answer is they wouldn't want to know if their wife was cheating on them. Right. About a relationship. Or right. that there was somebody, yeah, being unfaithful in some way or being untruthful with them. And they'd rather remain ignorant of that thing. That would make me want to slow down and maybe even stop the talk altogether or make it instead about, um, you know, uh, why they wouldn't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I understand that. Um, it might be, it's, it's a bit a long day, so maybe I'm just losing it, Nathan, so apologies, but yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I think it. I think this obviously comes up. This obviously comes up. I just don't think it comes up all that frequently. Like it most doesn't. of the time, yeah. Most of the time, there aren't these serious concerns about causing harm, you know, uh, like. Well, um, again, it, I, th so I think- We've got a question from chat uh, from Gina. What do you think about the ethics of doing SE with people with mental illnesses? I love this question. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'll answer personally. I personally feel like not talking to people with mental illness is itself harmful. Mm. And so mm. any sort of, any sort of idea that we have to conclude, oh, well, it's, it's unethical to talk to people with mental illness. I think it's the wrong conclusion. So that's where I start from. How about you two? Yeah, I, I well, I, I would agree that on that, on the basis that all, all that you know is that they have a mental illness is not, I don't think, um, sufficient reason to say no. But I think there's there's a degrees, right? There's a severity and nature of that mental illness. Might there there could be people with a with with a mental illness that's you know specifically uh, going to make the conversation unhelpful or potentially even disturbing for the person. And if that severity of that illness is such that, um, you know, I think it should give you pause. Um, but, I, but, but mental illness is such a broad category of things. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't think it should be purely on the basis of just the, the loose definition of a mental illness. I don't think that should be sufficient to say we can't have the conversation providing the person can meaningfully consent to the conversation and you think is is sensible enough to to be able to have the conversation in a meaningful way and i do mean meaningful um then then i would say that's then there's nothing else that you need to worry about necessarily hmm yeah i'm really curious to know what mark would think he's like the uh, resident phd neuropsychologist in the community um i definitely like have limits to what i think i can tolerate and so I would just have to consider, you know, myself, do I feel like I can tolerate a discussion with this person? And it's almost always yes. Rarely is it ever no. And sometimes I may presume someone has a mental illness, but I could be wrong about that. Like, I don't really know. Uh, and, I, you know, I took some psych classes in college, but that's about the extent of it. So I'm not sure. I, I do hear what Chucky's saying, though, and I would err on the side of, go for it though i would definitely be more cautious and i probably wouldn't be so 
keen on like recording or publishing, right? Like my attitudes about those sorts of things would definitely change. Yeah, I think it's a it's obviously a very complicated question, but I, I feel like it's related to the question of how do we know that the things we do with other people is consensual? And I think that question is hard even with people who don't have Milton Olds. That is really, yeah. Cause like, how do you know you are actually, can, can we doubt the answer we get when we're asking for consent? Yeah. yeah. Someone, someone might not have a mental illness, but they might have uh, an individual reason to try to be agreeable or something like that. Yeah. Love those answers. Thanks guys. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks Gina. Yeah. Thanks, it definitely thanks. gets me thinking. Though, by and large, most people, like almost everyone's got some sort of psychological something, like whether yeah. that's OCD There's, or ADHD or well, whatever. Well, it's, it's right? the famous Anna Karenina, uh, if, to paraphrase, right? There's so many more ways to be messed up than it is yeah. to, be right, to be good. Life is yeah. hard, man. It messes yeah. us up. I'm sure. I've been, somebody in the chat said depression, anxiety. Been right. There. Like, been there. Yeah. Done Yeah, that, absolutely. For sure. Right. And it's all about giving yourself and the other person space and time yeah. and being their friend. I, I think I am, again, pushing back against this idea. I'm really worried about these things where we try to police other people. And I think there's a lot of this, it's almost parentalism or, or something like that, where you're like, oh, I'm so worried about what this might happen, what this might do to you. But I think if you have good reason to think that they can communicate that, that they are being hurt or that they are uncomfortable or that they want to stop. I think that's where you kind of have to leave it. Otherwise you're presuming to know what they know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I think, um, I think do no harm in acting good faith. I mean, like at the end of the day, you, you, you you can't you, you have to make a judgment call and you can always be wrong um about that judgment call but you providing yeah. you didn't knowingly make a, a bad judgment call you can't really blame yourself too badly right you yeah. benefit of hindsight maybe you, you may do things you regret but if if at the time given the available information um and also you you, you can make mistakes as well that's the other thing um, you also ask how, many, how many people question. have run sorry Oh, I was just going to say, you also ask yourself a question like, do I have good intent? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then really question yourself, do I have good intent? What are my intentions? Like, and then focus on that for a minute. And then, and then you can go in and make your decision after that. Yeah. What are you going to say, Chucky? I, I was going to say, you know, mental illness is, 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 a, is a side point. How many times have you had discussions with somebody where you thought, maybe, maybe I should stop what I'm doing? <laughs> like, I, I had a, um, an ex and, and I, we were having a conversation and I picked up on the fact that maybe, maybe she was upset about something. And I said, are you okay? Is everything all right? And she started crying and she said, yes, everything's fine. And it's like, you have to make the decision. Should I listen to what she's saying or should I listen to what she's communicating? You know, and these are all judgment calls. There's no, there's no equation to figure these things out for you. Yeah, empathy, necessarily, yeah. intuition. Um, it's uh, we're coming up to the uh, yeah, we the are hour. like three minutes. 
yeah so i think it's it's maybe a good time to wrap up and and uh maybe uh uh, anybody that wants to do so head over to the uh the se show oh what <laughs> we've got a last minute caller Doug, Doug wants Good the down. last word as usual. this is what happens when we don't have call screening this is exactly <laughs> what happened. i've told them we need to bury See, now we can't go off because i need to hear i need to hear all of the uh wisdom of of uh not being too gentle well <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Tough love, tough love, tough love. Yeah, give me some. But I just came that. on to to compliment Chucky on his uh, last week's. Uh, do I say performance with uh, Daniel Ray? Is that, that's the wrong uh, word, thanks. right? Thanks, Doug. Yeah, <laughs> it was just a conversation. No, it I wasn't you just it a really conversation. Well. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Why did Chuck appear suddenly? <laughs> it's a deep Pokemon cut. <laughs> it, it, it frustrated me so much. Did did it? It? Yeah. It. I you wanted another two. I wanted another two hours with him. I was frustrated by the time limit. Um, we had agreed before we started to spend fifteen minutes, maybe twenty minutes, on a caller, and so uh, I was frustrated by that time limit. Yeah. But when someone doesn't entertain hypotheticals, you're kind of stuck, right? It's tricky. Yeah, I've been thinking about that all week. Like. How do you talk to somebody? How, how do you entertain the belief that you could be wrong without entertaining hypotheticals? Right. Yeah. It seems or, or confidence levels. Or confidence. <laughs> maybe, maybe I can I'll grant confidence levels. Thanks but without you. hypotheticals, it's really tricky. That's my series of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, it's almost like I don't even know how to have a conversation without hypotheticals, honestly. Yeah, there was a moment in there where I think um he was complaining about the hypotheticals and, and there was like one sentence buffer. And then he said, okay, hypothetically. <laughs> no, but, but I, 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 I think I, that's not quite what happened, but, but yeah. But, but, but I, 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 I do empathize because it's such a, it's such a useful tool in the toolkit and to, to, to have it sort of removed. And it's, you know, I, I'm sure Daniel Ray will, will consider it to be a, a, a dishonest um, tool or used it dishonestly. Um, I don't know how we can wonder about things. Right. If we can't think hypothetically or challenge each other hypothetically, I'm not saying yeah. that he necessarily wasn't. Well, maybe he straight up wasn't. I, I maybe I need to listen to it again. Well, I tell you, I tell you, I have this. Entertain thing. them with me. My father has the same problem, and when we had to try to have conversations, he says, "Why are you always saying these crazy things, these hypothetical things? Can't we talk about the world?" And. I kind of, if to charitably say where I think maybe they're both coming from is they think that they're being tricked yeah. and that hypotheticals are tools to get you to doubt. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's some truth to that. Well, it's the fear of being guided, right? It's like, yeah. I, I, I want to lead the conversation into this certain area of your brain and that's another thing. He kept on talking to me. You're just examining my psychology, not the truth of it. Yes, that's right. exactly right. We're right. Going, we're trying. Right. Let me into your brain and let and but the fear is just so high. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I I I don't know. I somebody told me once that in order to entertain an idea, you kind of have to both believe it and not believe it. You have to sort of sit with it. What, what would I be if I believed this to be true? What would I be if I believed this to be false? I think right. all of that is a hypothetical sort of experience. Yeah. Daniel, if you ever listen to this, 
just become a presuppositional apologist. You're you're almost there anyhow. <laughs> I was literally about to say it's a lot easier if you're a presupp. I can't. That was really creepy. Yes, I I think it is a lot easier if you're a presuppositional. We're yeah. We've we've got a, a commenter saying his stepfather Ooh. has issues with these hypotheticals. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough with family in, in particular, because you know at some point at some point there is this feeling of you're trying to trick me and it's really hard to recover from that this is this is about this is relates to the the caller we the conversation we had earlier you know which is you know once once somebody's decided that your motives are but i yeah. i invoked your name uh doug just that i i gave your example of just ripping that band-aid off and saying you know just let's assume that i'm trying to dissuade you i'm, I'm being persuasive i'm tricking you yeah we did and, invoke that forward. earlier today well you did um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like it it's good and i think it was it was uh it was a useful answer to to the the, the interesting question which is what do you do when somebody's assuming bad motives essentially yeah. and, and like i think that's part of it yeah, you, know, you can just say let's just do that and crack on and see how far we get but so I'm so good at avoiding it. I don't feel like I need to. But if I ever felt like somebody was like saying that about me, I would just I would adopt that strategy and just say, okay, then now assume I have bad intent. If that's what somebody's already concluding, yeah. I can just go with it. Though I think I'm what's fantastic. That. What's great about that strategy is it gives them an opportunity to say, you know, I'm not really interested in having that conversation. And so you can make sure that you're maintaining consent. I think the optics of a of an art. I think the problem with the hypothetical is they're not they're not very common in normal natural language discourse, right? People don't tend to, you know, I, I'm going to go to the shops. Okay, what are you going to get? I'm going to get something from the, you know, get me more beer, whatever. Like you, you have you have sort of normal conversations. The the idea that you're introducing a hypothetical, I think, places the conversation into a space that some people are just not familiar with. And, be, and and therefore, I think it feels tricksy. I think it can have the nature of something. That's what that wondering is all about. Though, yeah, you know? it's so, well, it's I so agree. I, I very much agree. Yeah, invoking I, wonder is like really key. I think in SE, we're we're wondering anyway. about stuff. <laughs> I think yeah. if all you do all day is go to the shops and buy your cereals and groceries, maybe you don't need to invoke hypotheticals. But yeah, like as soon as you start to think, what is space? <laughs> Right? Or like but, 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 but that, there's a difference between self-reflection, which I think you necessarily, you know, in order to reflect at all or in order to think at all, you're essentially entertaining hypotheticals, right? You, you, right. you have to construct ideas about the world that right. might or might not be true. And so I think that's a very internal thing. But I'm, I'm what I'm specifically referencing is, is drawing that into language, right? Using a hypothetical feels unnatural to some people, I, I think. I don't know. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying and I agree, but there's something really interesting about it. And, and you often find this thing where people go that's crazy that's science that's philosophy but if you if you do like well if your aunt thinks that then wouldn't she have said blah i think people are actually quite good at that kind of hypothetical and they go oh yeah she would have said that i know but that's that's a very different sort of flavor of saying okay imagine <laughs> we were to be up. spacemen looking at the earth oh, on, on, you know it, you, you you hear the difference right it's <laughs> Sneaky little hobbits. Reed is just on point today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's a great man behind the curtain. Oh, Reed's I didn't here? get my elephant with a. He's behind he's the curtain. The scenes, yeah. yeah, he's, he's hiding pulling away. the levers. He refuses he to come on because of his lo fi camera. That's what he's doing. Oh, well, his standards <laughs> yeah. are high. He's on the road. He's I mean, on the road. Hey, here's an idea. Maybe we should get rid of the word hy hypothetical and just say hypothesis. Maybe just change the very word. different things. You can have a hypothesis that's in the future. Like I, I have a hypothesis that if we do this, this, and this, then that's this, a great this suggestion. will happen. That's a great suggestion, actually. 
I think that because I mean, very if few someone things... is if someone I, mean, I hardly ever ever get pushed back on entertaining hypotheticals. Like it's it's point zero one percent for me. But, yeah, really? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, people I, I don't that, think in, I've ever because I talk to people in real life, not on the internet most of the time. Although I'm, that might change doing this call-in show. <laughs> Uh, but in real life, yeah, people don't have a problem giving me a scale number or entertaining hypotheticals. Like people just roll. Well, with it. in my experience on the internets, it's uh, more than fifty percent. But it's they're okay wow. with hypotheticals as long as it doesn't make them look inconsistent. Right. Yeah. But as soon I as think, it makes I them think... look inconsistent, like I believe this because of this reason, but I wouldn't believe this for the exact same reason. Then the hypothetical is like I a think terrible this is one. Such a great point. People. <laughs> People are smart enough to know that if they agree, that, that they see what, why you're asking the question, and they know that if they go, oh, yeah, that's totally, they know that they're inconsistent, and they hate that. Right. Is this also yeah. also potentially a selection bias with your audience, though? I mean, they've seen you do I this trick totally, before. Yeah, they, they've yeah. seen it land, and, and so like, no, 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 we're not going to have any of this tricksy mind magic of yours, Doug, none of this. But they still I, come. But they don't want any of your hypothetical. <laughs> you can always just follow by asking, was that a fair question or is that a fair hypothetical? And if not, then get the reasons for why it's not. And then you have to sure. talk about that. And usually it goes into an outsider test where you can just say, well, if I didn't wonder about your belief and I didn't buy into it mm. and I haven't accepted it, how else am I supposed to entertain the idea? Like how in the world can I wonder about your idea without entertaining the hypothetical that it might be true. Perfect. Yeah. Tactical indignation. I like yeah. it. That's good. We have a comment from chat, like, and I think echoing what you're saying, Nathan, is it even worth having a conversation with someone who's not open to being wrong? Right. Well, yeah. if, if you can't entertain that, that possibility, why even have the conversation to begin with? My is favorite questions are defeasibility questions. And then if there is no defeasibility criteria, make an outsider test for defeasibility. If someone is else didn't know what it would take to change their mind, what would you think about that? To, to be charitable, though, there, there might be a difference between entertaining something as possible, but also not wanting to entertain a hypothetical, which is a sort of thought experiment that you're creating for the for the moment, right? And that might feel different to saying, okay, I could acknowledge I could be possibly wrong in this space, or this is possibly true, and this is possibly not true, but I'm, I'm not necessarily willing to, to have a you know, okay, imagine there were three men and one of them was wearing a mustache, you know, you, you don't, you know, maybe, maybe that's not quite the same as acknowledging the possibility that you're wrong. Again, slightly devil's advocate here, but, but yeah. Maybe. I think it'd be great to, uh, we should be pinging Pine Creek next time we go live and just let them know that we're doing it. Cause, uh, yeah, I didn't know man, like two hours into the every day, every Saturday is, is at four o'clock. Is it, good to have it here. Is there not a, a Pine Creek logo we can cast on the nighttime shadows? I thought that's what we, I thought that's what we did. <laughs> but getting back to the Daniel Ray conversation you had, Chucky, like one, not just the hypotheticals, not the confidence levels, but the biggest problem is just, like there's just so much <laughs> yeah. um useless talking i yeah. i really how do you I don't know there's anything you can do about that i mean other than just say hey i want to reel it in and talk about this specific yeah. thing they'll usually go with you because he you, was interrupting to you his... for half of it i'm plugging his site <laughs> and, yeah. and associated yeah. yeah yeah i think and we talked about this a bit after the conversation but when you're having a conversation with someone, and I know the word that you'd like to, to, to use is bloviate. I think it is a perfect word. Good but word. 
I don't I don't necessarily want to say that Daniel was bloviating, but certainly people get really excited about what they're talking about. How about yeah. charitably, charitably, let's say that. And then I think it should be okay to go, hold on, hold on a second, because I'm still back here at this other thing. Can we go back to yes, that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we ask open-ended questions on purpose to to encourage people to elaborate at length. Right. So we can like listen to a bunch of different things. Okay, so and... I put the blame on Chucky then. <laughs> so well, one thing I'll I want to say is I'll I, take all the blame for everything. There you go. I, I there you go. I, I'll be I'll be Essie's whipping boy. I, I, I laughed. I, I laughed awkward at a strange moment earlier just then because I, I made the mistake of reading uh, Pine Creek's Parathetical's. Um, uh, <laughs> but in any case, um, I I do wonder, and this is this is an interesting topic. Maybe it's good to say for another day. That sounds uncomfortable. I don't know if I want to be around that. Um, is it is it is SE effective for people who are? Uh, who make a career out of, you know, either Ooh, apologists at all. Whoa, fact, you've got a bloviation alert banner. That's I, I literally intense. asked one question. That seems Sorry. that seemed presumptive. <laughs> I feel no, judged. No, no, it wasn't for you. I was just showing you how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would anyway. you just say? Oh, yeah, the, whose career? Uh, well, not who, just career, but but like who who's professionally invested for an academic, for example, or somebody who's professionally invested in a particular. It's hard topic. to have a real conversation with someone who is financially invested in the outcome of the answer, yeah. or I reliant think it, on, yeah. on a particular outcome. And maybe yeah. I've maybe have made that mistake in the past by not asking about that. That might be yeah. something worth covering. Like, here's some questions. Like. Um, would a conversation like this interfere with your financial situation? Um, how much of your belief uh, right. is predicated? I you know I can come up with lists yeah, of questions. That's not that the case for Daniel, that. though, is it? He, I don't know. He works. He works in a church doing. He, yeah. yeah I mean, he works right. basically as a. Staff I don't know how reliant, but it's definitely like somehow tied in financially. Like if street epistemology life. died tomorrow, I mean that would be bad for his business. He needs us. <laughs> if you're talking about his stance that SE is bad, but I talking about his stance about Christianity, he I think his title is staff apologist. I know, but just look at his videos. Without SE, he has no content. Yeah. Look, I don't want to pick on Daniel, but actually I can't. Especially because he's ask, not here. <laughs> there you go, Reed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't he's ask here. you to he's here. You just invite him in, he'll come in. You talk to people all the time who, you know, they are preachers or they are um, people who run channels. How often do you feel you actually have a real conversation with somebody who has a vested interest? See, I don't seek out people who have particular beliefs. Um, right. Yeah, sometimes people thing. with particular beliefs seek me out. I just go out in public and I have a sign and it says, what do you believe and why? And I'm willing to talk to anyone about anything. Yeah, and I think that sets the right precedent that I'm not here to. Probably never going to get a preacher coming in. I mean, I might if I see somebody with a sign, I would definitely seek that person out because that person is advocating, yeah. and I and I want to help uh, understand what motivates them to do that. Um, to answer your question, Chucky, yeah, I'd say ten to twenty percent uh, would be an, a real honest conversation with a pastor, yeah. preacher, apologist. Uh, it does happen, but it's rare. But the thing is, I say enough stuff and I beat up on enough people that once in a while a preacher will say, Doug's right there. Calvinism is horrible. 
I'm an ally with Pine Creek here or ally. With, so they don't know what to do with me kind of. So yeah. they kind of give me a little more credit when not, they see me agreeing with, with them. That's a, that's another strategy. Like it's find areas of commonality and not just rapport. I'm talking about right. on the issue. Right. Yeah. 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 Read so my... back, back to William's original question. Like, I think it is worth having trying to have these conversations because I think they can be fruitful. They may not likely be fruitful, but I think they can be. Yeah, I think in the context of the goal of the conversation being to initiate uh, reflection on a particular point. I mean, I think I think one of the principles of SE is that a lot of people are going around with ideas that they've never really internally tried to justify that you know sometimes we've seen videos where people just merely trying to externalize it put it into words have suddenly yeah. felt that they've realized they don't actually know what they're really saying and now they're thinking about it they they're not sure how to even express it um you know videos one of my favorites the one of the big ones from reed you know asks uh tina you know was it tina i think it's tina right uh, the the question you know is is faith a reliable reason and and she's just completely flummoxed for for the rest of the video um so it doesn't take a lot oftentimes and i think se is very effective not in pressing an agenda necessarily but in encouraging just everyday people to just not not just be running an automatic on these things and actually take some a moment to think about them but when you're talking about an a, an apologist or a professional um or somebody an academic you know, it would be a bit foolish to assume that they've not reflected on that thing that their entire career is built on. Now, that's not always a safe assumption. I can see Pine Creek smiling there. <laughs> I think I think that's not always a definite safe assumption, but I think they're certainly going to be internally convinced that they've reflected on it enough. And I think that, that the sort of low uh, hanging fruit almost of, uh, of, of trying to just use gentle questioning and polite rapport building is just not going to get to the to the heart of where you need to challenge their views if indeed you do um so yeah i, I wonder whether se would be the right tool to crack that particular nut um, are you saying in those cases my technique is thumbs up <laughs> I, I i'm not going to comment i well i mean i i look there there are different tools right for depending on what your objectives are and and depending on who you're addressing and so yeah I, like there are there are there are a wide range of, of options and, and and yours is certainly one of them and 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 and, and i don't think it's uh it's it's uh in any way a bad one but like I, I think in some cases, for the majority of cases, for what SE is trying to do, which is encouraging just general people to start thinking more critically about what they believe, I think SE is really well tuned for that, and I think it's great because of it. But yeah, you know, there are there are different there are different levels of of things to to address, and yeah, different tools needed. Uh, one quick thing, and we should probably be wrapping it up soon. We're almost at the two hour mark, but um, uh, one highlight of a trip I went on recently, Doug, was um sitting next to reed on the plane with peter bogosian behind me uh while reed and i synced our headphones together and watched one of your live streams together oh wow while we were on the plane it was great i mean like, like pause it commercial or private plane chit chat <laughs> oh it's, you know it's SE1, only the finest it? <laughs> only the finest for us absolute <laughs> private plane yeah. so let me get this straight you're on a private plane with peter yeah. bogosian behind you watching a, pine creek champagne in my hand <laughs> was it a plane or was it a yacht it was a yacht plane, actually. <laughs> well, Reed says it was commercial. Okay. It was commercial, yeah. We were like in the back almost every flight. But, Which you know, video we were, were you watching? Uh, I think the most recent one. 
Oh man, now you're putting me on the spot. I have to remember what I what I remember hearing when I was jet lagged. And... That's right. Um, don't worry. This about is it. where we find out. Oh no, wait, hang on. It was it was Toy Story. Now I remember. <laughs> I make so many videos, I don't remember my own. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. I'll let you guys wrap it up. Nice. Yeah, maybe I'll we'll call in one, to your show yeah. one day. I don't know what the hell I'd talk about, but I should probably call into your show just for fun. See how that yeah. goes. I typically prefer theists because they're more interesting. Definitely more interesting. I'm boring. <laughs> I'm super boring. Yeah, atheists are boring. <laughs> okay, take care, guys. All right, see you. Take care, Doc. Awesome. All right, All right, yeah. So I think uh, I think this is a, probably a good place to stop. So um, thanks for joining me, everybody. We're, we try to do this every weekend at the same time. Um, Saturday at one p.m. Pacific time. One p.m. Pacific, four p.m. Eastern, etc., uh, etc. Et um, like nine nine a.m. in the UK time. Yeah, at nine a.m. nine p.m. 9 PM. Yeah, if you're it's in Portland, a... join the Portland SE group. Right, and if uh, if you want to do Discord practice, you can join. They've already started, but um, there are people all the time, pretty much on Discord, who want to practice SE. So join and uh, talk to them. So um, see y'all next week, I guess. Absolutely, cool. it's great Thanks, chatting I with guess. you guys. That was an awesome to talk. I'm really awesome, happy with guys. the way that turned out. Until right, next time. Then. The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here, or not expressed here, do not necessarily represent those of the organization.